ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 101 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I'm your host tonight, sitting solo in the host chair, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. You can find us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. I've got some guys on with us tonight that are, I would say, old friends in this space. We've done a bunch of stuff. We've been around this this Twitter world for quite some time. I've been on your podcast and then we had coupon earlier. And I think the easiest way to do this is let's just kind of kick it to you two for some real quick intros, and then we'll get into some of our weekly stuff. But we've got Kevin Tompkins and Andrew Cooper with us tonight. Kevin, let's start with you. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Doing great. Congrats on the 100 episodes, and let's kick off the uh, next 100. Uh, You're kicking it off with us, so uh, couldn't be more happy to uh, be on with you. Like I said, um, old friends, and go all the way back to Scott Fishbowl 9. Yes. So. The old uh, mother brain division, definitely. So, um, yeah, excited to be on uh, with you guys. Coop, how about you? What do you got going on? Same stuff, man. I've just been following Kev around to whatever podcast he's been doing, honestly. (laughs) We've been doing ours. Uh, They so funny that we have our own podcast and F front yard fantasy uh, reached out to me like a month ago and they were like, Hey, none of the guys around you want to be a co-host. And it just so happened to be the episode that Kev was on. So just more, more of the same dude. And and generally when the three of us hang out here, it's, it's good stuff. So uh, right. more of the same is a good thing, right? That's right. That's right. Well, I figured again, just, it, it feels like old hat. Like we've been going around these mean Twitter streets for quite some time. So it felt like just an easy one to do. Let's have a fun time. So, before we get too deep into it, I do want to mention, obviously, we are live right now on Twitter on the DAP network, DAP underscore network on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on there. Leave us a rating. We actually been asking for this for a while, but rate and review the podcast. If you see it on Twitter, leave a comment. If you see it on YouTube, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, we are looking for Find Me a Trade submissions as well. Uh, there's a form through our link tree, which is at Dynasty Junkies. You can find it there to submit your league. Um, it doesn't take long. It's a really easy fill out form kind of a thing. And you just sort of explain what's going on, see what we can do. And then we'll maybe we'll use you on the show. Uh, again, we've got 101 episodes of these. We've done 101 Find Me Trades. Maybe 100. I think we might have skipped one. But we do some extravaganzas where we catch up, too. So if you've got a league where you're just not sure what to do, just looking for some help, feel free to send us a note, put it through on there. Uh, the other thing is we mentioned this at the end of last week's episode, and I got to say I'm really impressed with the junkies out there. We were able to fill our listener league within one week. Impressive, guys. Very right. impressive. I don't know how else to right. say. That's, that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, Dynasty Junkies 2 is full. Uh, there will be a Dynasty Junkies 3 probably next year because we're junkies, but come on, we got to take care of this and you got to do it right. But uh, appreciate all the uh, interest on everything like that. So really I love having all that uh, DMs and everything. But again, there will be more if you missed out. You'll be hearing more about that, of course, as we get into this. So with that in mind, with all of that done, all the rigmarole, I know we're ready to talk some Dynasty. And I know this is the time of year when Scott Fishbowl is kind of the, the talk of the town. 
as Kevin said, we go way back SFB nine. This is, you know, our fourth Scott Fishbowl now. Um, I know there are a lot of people that I've, I've been following and that follow me that are always looking for advice on Scott Fishbowl. And my advice is just have fun. Like there really isn't much of a strategy advice. You know what I mean? But I thought we should, at least at the top of the show here, kind of zoom in a little bit. That's what everyone's on the timeline talking about. So Coop, why don't I start with you? What are your thoughts on Scott Fishbowl? You have any uh, quick advice for newbies and what's your favorite thing about it? Yeah, I'll tell you, anybody new, like you're going to, this is, this is kind of how my evolution went. The first year I came in, I was thinking to myself, you know what? This is a massive tournament. You got to go big. Uh, I'm going to, if I'm going to win, I got to do some crazy stuff. And what you forget is that in this league, you need to start 11 players, right? And yep. once those bye weeks hit, it gets ugly, man. Like there were weeks where I was sitting there, like the first couple of years, I was like, you know, I was happy to have James White. Like I was pumped, you know? Yeah. And so you, when you get in there, like you're going to think, you know what? I need to make my mark. I need to, to make a big move. There are so many teams in this and so much needs to go right that what you should really focus on is just putting together a competitive team so that, you know, proving that you're part of the community, have fun in the chat, meet a bunch of people, talk to people in there and draft a deep enough team that you don't finish last in your, in your league and, you know, put together a respectable year. That That's what I focus on. I mean, now that's, that's what I do. I'm, I'm more worried about having a good time meeting new people than I am, you know, trying to uh, reinvent the wheel in a tournament that's full of people trying to reinvent the wheel, you know? Oh, that's very well put. Yeah. And I think there is something to be said for these start 11 and it's a 22 round draft for most people. And, and every year prior to this, it's been a slow draft, which means, it might take a week or two and that might frustrate some people, but that's just how it is, man. This is July. We're drafting a fantasy league. Like this can't go wrong for the live drafters, which I'm going to be one. I think Coop, aren't you one too? Are you in Minnesota? Is that what I heard? No, I'm in Boston. So I'll Boston. be in Minnesota. Minnesota. Kevin's in Minnesota. He's in Minnesota. That's, Minnesota. Right. Yeah. that's right. So yep. all three of us are live drafting this year, which could be a very interesting wrinkle, but I'm very excited for the live drafting aspect. I think that is me. such a fun idea bringing people together. So I'll me be too. Ours. Ours is at a draft. Ours is at a bar that I've been kicked out of no less than 10 times <laughs> between like, you know, my college college career all the way through now. So I wonder if they got my picture on the wall there when I when oh, I walk that in. It's such so. a Boston statement, too. Poop. I love that. Like, of course okay. you have. Can you put on like a full oh, beard, yeah. like a full like the, the glasses and like the mustache? The fa- and- like the fake glasses. I might have to, honestly, man. I've seen that there, you know, people might not know that there's actually a door that opens in the back that goes to the railroad tracks. But uh, yeah, I found that door once. So <laughs> yeah, and I think I think if you're in Boston, you're probably familiar with a bunch of bars, right? Like it's just, I know Boston's a drinking town. I loved it yeah. when I went there. It was a good time. Lansdowne so is you don't get yeah that that bar Lansdowne is right on right on Fenway Park. Like it's directly across the street. So it's like yeah. if you've even if you've been out there as a, as a tourist, you've you've yeah. seen this street at least. You know where and this, heard this it on is. Red Sox games too. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Where's the where's the draft in Minnesota, Kevin? Where are you going to be drafting from this year? Um, I believe uh, it's. I, wanna, oh, I had we'll it. We'll figure it out on, later. It's like wherever yeah, it is will be there. It's, like. so, it's it's a pub. I believe it's in. Uh, it's somewhere in the suburbs. I think it's St. Louis Park. But um, oh, nice. I already know that we're going a little bit earlier. We're gonna go check out the uh, two story Taco Bell because that's Ooh, been all yes. the rage. I think yes. that might be my Scott Fishbowl uh, avatar as well. I think I'm gonna see if uh, old Jordan Luke can uh, just stick one of the fish logos on the uh, two story Taco Bell and uh, Such a good idea. have some fun with that. <laughs> oh, I like it. So I'll be drafting in Canton at the uh, Hall of Fame Stadium, pretty much like overlooking the stadium. Apparently, is where we got a room where we're gonna be doing two or three drafts. We're not really sure yet, but I know the the thing that I also love, and I know Coop, you can hit on this too, but like the strategy of it, the meeting people though, in the strategy part. 
or you can get in your your group chat for the actual league. You can get into the you know the 104 chat or whatever. You can kind of get into your draft pick slot chat and do some strategy talk. There's a ton of great minds that are in this thing every year. Uh, they're not all big names. I think that's the thing I love about this is that it's not just big name people and it's also not just little name people. It's kind of you get a little bit of everything, right? And I know when you get to to some of these draft pick slot chats, it can get really crazy and really wild. So I highly recommend just engage. You know, share what you can, buy the shirts, support the charity stuff. That's all good. But honestly, just go meet people, go talk to people, follow people you haven't heard of before. Um, we've talked about this a lot on this show too. But we have a lot of guests on this show that are, you know, big guests and little guests and people no one's ever heard of, like you guys. And I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, like it doesn't really matter, right? We're all doing this for fun. We're all doing it in a different way. There is no wrong voice, you know, just <clears throat> go out there and find someone that is telling you something you haven't heard before. And that's what Scott Fishbowl is great at. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It should be a good time. Exactly. Uh, I know the other the other topic I definitely wanted to bring up because it kind of involves my boy over here, my Bengals team, Joe Burrow. There was a little bit of back and forth this week, and I was curious. I wanted to pick your brains a little bit on this where, you know, Burrow versus Mahomes. And I think that it was a Jordan McNamara tweet who we've had on the show, highly respected. You know, I love the guy. He was this guy. That, well, yeah, he's he's a he, he's also very intelligent for a Q's guy, but I don't want to get into that. But I'm um, just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Vang. Taking that back. It, it was funny to me. Anyway, um, so I thought it was good. Jordan, Jordan did this thing. He actually, this is something I thought was interesting. He said, uh, Pat Mahomes' floor is higher than Joe Burrow's ceiling. And it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, I'm not sure we've seen either of those two things occur. I don't think we've seen Burrow's ceiling with all the injuries and the offensive line issues and all this, the COVID year. And all, And I don't think we've seen Mahomes' floor either. He's been a top five QB every year in fantasy. Now we're seeing it without Tyreek Hill and they added Juju Smith-Schuster and they've got some bunch of no-name guys behind him, in my opinion. It's like, this could be a rough year for Mahomes. I mean, it, it, this I'm not saying it will be. Right? I'm not predicting anything. But I just thought it was an interesting discussion to be like, is this like is this year going to really be a, a litmus test for that? What do we think about Burrow's ceiling versus Mahomes' floor? Maybe, Kevin, I'll kick it to you first. Do you have any thoughts on this sort of debate? Well, my thought is if there, if that situation that he pointed out is going to happen, I mean, the best chance of it to happen is going to be this year. I mean, we're looking at the Bengals offense, Ascendant, you know, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, everything going. Uh, well, with Mixon, you know, Zach Taylor got a kind of a reprieve that they made that Super Bowl run. And Patrick Mahomes, ha uh, you know, that team has to replicate Tyreek Hill's production with um, MVS, with Sky Moore, with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, maybe some other parts because they lost a lot of the back end depth. Demarcus Robinson is gone. Byron Pringle's gone. So, yeah, yeah they're going to have to find out a way to, to kind of replicate that production. But, I mean, it's not like the Chiefs offense isn't going to score a bunch. It's not like, Bur you know, Burrow and the Bengals aren't going to score a bunch. So, I mean, you're really splitting hairs because, you know, these four quarterbacks, you know, you could have them in any order with Mahomes, Allen, uh, Herbert, Burrow. I mean, yeah, Allen's probably number one. Herbert's probably number two. And then Mahomes, I have Mahomes, Burrow, three and four. Um, so you're really splitting hairs there. But yeah, that situation that Jordan pointed out, there's no better chance for that to happen than this year, just based on um, all the personnel movement that's gone on in the NFL this year. I still like Mahomes. I just don't think that. You know, much has changed outside of Tyreek Hill. I still gonna stink, still think they're going to score pretty much when they want to. I, uh, you know, not much has changed for me, but 
that is d- more in the range of outcomes this year than in previous years. Yeah. And all I was saying is there's more overlap than I think. Pe- it's not that they don't overlap, in my opinion. Like Mahomes is definitely above Burrow in every ranking as he should be, right? I'm definitely taking Mahomes over Burrow in every draft if I have the chance. I just thought it was an interesting idea or like a thought process to be like, Mahomes' floor is higher than Burrow's ceiling. That, to me, that's that's kind of insulting to Burrow's ceiling in a sense, because I do think his ceiling is pretty high. And so if you're oh, saying yeah. that the worst that Bur- the worst that Mahomes can be is the best that Mah- that Burrow can be, it just I don't know. Uh, Coop, I guess we haven't heard your thoughts on this yet, but what are, your, what are your I mean that that take, man, phrasing it like that is where the clickbait comes into it. Because, you know, if you had just tweeted uh, you know, Mahomes is better than Burrow, then no one would have responded. Yeah, you get you know, crickets, so. no likes, no retweets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because everybody's that's, like, duh. Yeah. That's part of the game. The one thing with Mahomes that I think that a lot of people aren't pointing out is they're, everyone's talking about the offense and, you know, they're talking about and what I mean by that is they're talking about the weapons and they think, oh, the weapons are worse. But what they're not really looking at is that like Mahomes has, he's made it to the championship or, you know, the AFC championship every year, but his defenses are ranked like 23rd, 25th, yeah. 29th. You know, I think the best one was just barely like 14th or 15th, just barely middle of the pack. Right. Uh, I think back to like Peyton Manning. When, you know, like 2004 Peyton Manning, they went 12 and 14. They were a good team. He threw 50 touchdown passes or 49 touchdown passes that year, right? The very next year, the defense got a little better. The running game got a little better. And they went from 12 and 4 to 14 and 2. The team was better. But he only threw 28 touchdown passes because he didn't need to throw that many touchdown passes. So when you have this team that's, you know, making effort to be better on defense, they go out, they get Creed Humphrey, who is an absolute animal, you know, Joe Thune, the uh, the Ravens inexplicably gave them Orlando Brown. I, every, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm you're you're a Bengals fan. Like, what are you doing? Why they're the bad guys? Not like that. Why are you like you know? Yeah. Why are you helping oh. them? You shouldn't be helping <laughs> I'd them. You know the Ravens. Even as much as I hate the Ravens, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like just, just don't help them. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I think that there's a very real possibility that the the way the Chiefs win this year is different than what we've seen in the past. And Mahomes, you know, not that he's not capable of throwing 15 touchdown passes because. Peyton Manning threw 50 touchdown, 50 touchdown passes a decade after that first time. But, like, it's just that you don't need to. Sometimes you don't need to. So, uh, you know, the defenses are pretty tough in that division. But I think that team is kind of built to run a little more and, and probably not have the same type of shootouts they used to. So, for me, I don't really feel the need to go for Mahomes at his underdog ADP, which is like two, uh, right. when I can, I can wait and take Joe Burrow. And then sometimes when I look at Burrow, I think to myself, like, you know, why am I going for Burrow when Matt Stafford is a little later? And it's like, you know, you all these correlations go, it really ends up boiling down to ADP, you know? So for me, I don't see any problem with someone saying Burrow can have a better year than Mahomes because he can't, you know? Well, and that's really what it comes down to for me, I guess, is the definitiveness of that statement, right? Where like, there's no wiggle room. And I, I, I love, again, love Jordan, highly respected guy. I, I listen to a lot of what he has to say because he puts in the thought, he puts in the process. Like I said, he, we've had him on the show. He's a great guy. And it is sort of clickbaity, but at the same time, it is, it is a, it is a statement he's willing to back up. And I respected that too. Like he didn't back down from it. He supported it. He showed what he thought was, you know, here's the reasons why. And I, I appreciate that. And I think we need to see more of that, right? If you make a hot take, that's fine. If you make a clickbaity take and you know, do the hot take kind of thing or whatever they call it, where it's like, that's fine, but then at least defend it. You know what I mean? And I, I props to Jordan because he definitely defended it. And I'm not even saying that it's wrong. That's kind of the catch is like, I'm just not sure it's right. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm just not sure. Like there is a lot of stuff in the world that can happen. And the only definitive statement that I use is never use definitive statements. That's literally the only time it should ever be used because 
everything else has a little bit like a 1% chance. That's all you need to be like, I, it's now it happened. We've seen so many things in the last two years that are just crazy. You can't say it'll never happen. Right. Considering how violent this game is that like, that's the number one thing that makes it so that you can't possibly be definitive all the time, because at any given moment you can get badly hurt, man. You know what I mean? Well, it's we're just predicting the way the future, this game works. And we're predicting the future anyway. Like we're, we're predicting an unpredictable event and it's just, and I think a lot of times, and maybe this broadens out to a bigger topic, but I think a lot of times people that follow us on Twitter or like looking for advice want us to be able to definitively say that, you know, Amari Cooper will be better than Mike Evans. How can anyone say that? It's like, you can say, here's why I think so. Here's the reasons why, but no one in their right mind is ever going to say something that's like definitively like this. Well, now that's maybe not true because there definitely will be people that say that I shouldn't use definitive statements. Right. But the catch is, <laughs> the catch is there will be people out there that make these statements and you're just like, how are you, how are you coming to that? Right. And right. it's like, if you can't back it up even, then what are you doing? Like there's hot take for hot take sake, but come on. I'll tell you what, dude, if people saw the arguments I've had on Reddit or on podcasts or the spreadsheets I have, they wouldn't respond to any of my tweets, dude, because I'm not putting stuff out there that I'm not ready to go to war over, you know? So yeah, and I think uh, Kevin just, and I are just, on that same page. Yeah. yeah. Like we we yeah. tend to do a little bit of research and make sure that we're smart enough to know, Hey, let's look at this from every angle. Right. We both, exactly. all of us have been flamed in a certain way where you're like, Hey, that's just my opinion, man. Like, I don't know what else yeah. to tell you. Like, this is all just opinion stuff. You're grabbing yeah, the like beehive, bro. That's yeah, like Coop, Coop has his own spreadsheet of of things to respond with when uh the topic of Amon or St. Brown comes up. Like he just has like static paragraphs to put up there. Like it's just a know, bot. It's just a bot now. That I, like it's the AJ Terrell bot. You know, yeah. make sure you get that plug in. You make sure you get the Tyler Higby yeah. graphic in there. And yeah, that's how bad those arguments are, though, Kev. They got me watching film now, and I don't even that's, do that. You know, like not, they got not me. A film I'm not a film guy, but I'm like, hey, I went back and watched every one of Gabriel Davis catches. There's only like 40 of them, so it doesn't take oh, very long. We, you know what I mean? So the internet. We're not going to get into Davis today, but I okay. did want to talk. We can use that as a segue just in a sense here. What I guess what OTA stuff is happening that is changing your ranks or that that does matter to you? I know that there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out about different players. I don't, I don't even want to get specific in this question. It's just more of like, in theory, what players are you moving up? But like what what noise is is worth forgetting and what signal is worth leaning on? Like where should you see some of this stuff? What makes a difference to you? And maybe Kevin, we'll start with you on this. What do you listen for in OTA talk? I mean, I'm just, I mean, it, coaches lie. I mean, oh, yeah. all, all of them lie. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, you have to be able to kind of, I mean, it's hard to even know what to separate from what, because it's, it's just one big game of misdirection and, you know, gotcha journalism and all this other stuff. But I mean, just some of this Traylon Burke stuff is just oh yeah ab absurd. I mean, we're talking about, oh, he ballooned up to what? 240 pounds. Okay. So the dude ran a four, four at 240 pounds. Oh, fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, that is hashtag good. Um, you know, some of his, you know, the asthma stuff, you know, that's certainly something to maybe take into account. But then you have him, oh, he's going to be the wide receiver three, or he's looking like the wide receiver three. You mean to tell me that they went up and drafted in the, uh, and then they're going to put Nick Westbrook-Akini in front of him? Like, you <sighs> know, Robert Woods, I can understand. Sure. Yeah, if Robert Woods doesn't, you know, start the season, maybe starts on the pup list because of his ACL, but he's already running routes and, and doing all this stuff. So, I mean, the Traylon Burks, I mean, people just are looking for reasons to push him down. I mean, Justin Jefferson was supposed to be the wide receiver three two years ago. Jamar Chase couldn't catch a ball with stripes on it, you know. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just some of the stuff you have to just, it's 
common sense. Common sense is not common anymore, unfortunately. But I mean, <laughs> you just have to look at it. And just is is this realistic? Like, look at the Titans' pass catchers across the board. Like, are you really telling me that they're going to be trotting out? Uh, you know, just all these, just Michael Pruitt. They're going to be taking uh, Traylon Burks off the field to put Michael Pruitt out there. You know, with Austin Hooper. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. That that, I mean, the that's he pretty much hit it the nail on the head. And what I call it uh, is a term that uh, I think I first heard it from uh, Matt Kelly from the Player Profiler or Roto Underworld, and the, the term is actionable data, like real information that's not an opinion, right? So if a beat writer comes out and says, "Oh, you know, I think Trey Traylon Burks has asthma," it's like that's not real information, right? You have to separate information like that from what's real. When Jerry Jones comes out and says that we're preparing to not have Michael Gallup for week one, there's no reason for Jerry Jones to say that. You know what I mean? At this point, we're, we're so far from the start of the season, you can be optimistic if you want to. So for him to come out and say that, it pretty much confirms the lack of optim- optimism. You know what I mean? So th- something like that, it matters, right? When the beat writers for the Patriots come out and say James White is not going to play till October, right? That is is information where I like, there's no reason to dispute it. When somebody comes out and says, I think this guy is going to be the third best guy. Or I think, especially if it's some of these guys like Omar Kelly from the dolphins, who's known for making ridiculous, his own statements, his own opinions, right? Like separate what's an opinion and what's real information. Even if it, even if it's as little as, Hey, today, uh, Ramondre Stevenson operated ahead of Najee hair. I'm sorry. Ahead of Damian Harrison drills. That is like that's a. I mean, it didn't actually happen. So anybody out there right, listening, that, that's I just yeah, made some breaking up. news. Yeah, I just made something <laughs> yeah. up there. I made up an example. Just your ranks, but but like if that actually happens, that's a that's a real thing. That you know, when you're on a football team, there's a pecking order, right? Like when you hear things that are actual things that matter, right? Somebody actually got hurt, right, or something like that, or somebody's back on the field for the first time, like Robert Woods. That matters versus somebody coming out and saying, "Here's what I think." Right, which that is the the worst thing that can mislead you. And same goes, like Kev said, for anything coming out of these coaches' mouths, anything coming out of these players' mouths, I don't trust it. I don't trust well, anything. Pete, I never trusted anything Pete Carroll's ever said, ever. Well, no, and Kevin nailed it right out of the gate, right? Coaches lie, right? We get that. Right. This is hype season. So what I do is, I, you guys are entirely right, and nothing of what you said I will disagree with, but I will add some flavoring and say I do tend to listen to the negative reports more than the positive. Yes. Because this is the type of year where you see every coach and their mother talking positively about the third and fourth and fifth string running backs. Oh, J.J. Taylor looked great today. What do I do with that? There's not that doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, of course he did. It's 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 June. They're not wearing pads. Like, right. who cares? Right? Well, was he but in front he, of a mirror or was it the in cam? <laughs> he just thought he looked great. You know, like, but that's exactly what I mean. It's so vague. You can't. There's not actionable data there. But on the other end, if they say something like Najee Harris is looking a little slow in trading camp. Okay, well, wait a minute. There could be something in there, right? Like, and again, this is not real. That did not happen. Let's clarify some of this, but like, that's a made up thing. But I think sometimes the I tend to give more weight to the negative than the positive. And that doesn't mean I believe all the negative and I don't believe all the positive. I'm just saying I tend to look at the negative with a little bit more of a let's listen, let's glean in a little. Let's see if I can glean some knowledge and some signal out of that noise because there is so much noise. Coaches, beat writers, everybody, they all have an agenda to get clicks. And so it's more in their benefit, in theory anyway, to benefit something and hype something up and to make somebody say, oh, so-and-so look great today. That's fine. And that's that's what you want to do. If you're out there to try to get you know traction on Twitter or to write an article, you're going to make everybody sound like the next coming of Jesus, right? It's just how it is. 
So I tend to look more at the negative and then kind of say, all right, what does that mean for it? Like, oh, uh, Jeffrey Wilson uh, looked kind of, he was limping when he left the field. That matters a ton. You know, again, didn't happen, but like that matters a lot. Like that, that could change that whole backfield if something happened there. So I tend to listen to those a little bit. I don't know, harder doesn't make sense, but I listen to those with a little bit less salt, right? Where that's kind of where my head goes with that. Um, with that in mind, I guess, and I did want to get a little specific before we get to listener questions, but are there any players you're moving up or down your ranks based on what you've heard so far? Do you have anything like that, even just, I don't know, anything at all that you can come up with? I mean, I'll throw one out right, right now that I, you know, there's a combination of two things, right? So um, I just mentioned James White, right? And how he's not coming around. Well, uh, Evan Evan Lazar and Alex Barth have a <laughs> podcast where they talk about these guys and uh, they actually uh, said that Pierre Strong is a is a guy that surprisingly has been operating on that James White side of the tree, which if he were to be behind Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson on that rundown side, that's a long that's a long haul. But for you know for him to be on that side, potentially getting a role for a guy who's not going to start the season on the team and who has been in you know he's injured, he's only on one year deal. Kind of makes him a little more interesting than I than I thought he was. So for a dynasty, maybe you know, or maybe very late in a best ball, uh, you know, that's a guy that's kind of interesting. And then again, another one that that I think I always I already thought he was kind of interesting, but Austin Hooper, right? So just for the sake of what we were talking about, you know, there's smoke about Robert Woods. There's a little smoke about Traylon Burks. The stuff about Austin Hooper, on the other hand coming out of Ryan Tannehill's mouth is that he's staying late in practice to pr- to work on timing routes. And Tannehill even said that he taught him a couple things in regards to not only just the way he runs routes, but the way, you know, to connect on things and just listening to Tannehill talk about him. It does actually kind of make him a little more interesting because we're looking for guys that have some sort of path to being a top two target on the team. And, you know, if just one of Robert Woods or Traylon Burks stumbles out the gate, then it's open. So that's somebody that I, you know, I'm a little more interested in Hooper than I normally would be. You know, he's a guy you can get super late, you know? Well, again, as a tight end whisperer, I tend to listen to you and you talk tight ends. So that, that makes sense. How about you, Kevin? Anyone that's sort of standing out in this early part of OTAs? Um, yeah, it's going to be somebody that I cannot quit for the life of me. Um, a lot of people cannot quit for the life of them either. And it's LaVisca Chenault, um, oh. who is, yeah, I mean, <sighs> polarizing. Everybody wants him to be a thing. No more this than is I the do. Year. This Maybe. is the, well, you know what? It also helps when Trevor Lawrence is coming out to your defense, just saying he looks faster and that he's made improvements this offseason. So, I mean, Lord knows the amount of money they paid uh, Christian Kirk, but, you know, making, what, $18 million a year, he can't shoulder the entire load himself. Um, and it's funny that people don't give LaVisca Chenault the pass, you know, for what happened last season, you know, the whole Urban Meyer experience, and he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But he is he has never been cheaper than he is right now, especially in Dynasty. Um, he's just got so much stink on him that you could probably get him for, what, a third, a third, possibly a fourth right now. And, you know, he's I think he's going to be definitely in this offense as far as, you know, they've got Christian Kirk, they've got Zay Jones, uh, they got Evan Engram, they've got, you know, ETN, James Robinson, that whole running back situation. But, you know, LaVisca Chanel, why not just pay that low draft pick price to get a guy a second round pick in 2020? Um, you know, I kind of hit the reset button on Jacksonville and, you know, uh, buy, buy the draft capital buy you know an ex- you know an athlete that is just he's a grown-ass man out there that's a good one that's a good one and i actually i my answer and it'll kind of pivot into a trade i wanted to ask about before we get into listener questions but 
My answer is in a similar boat, but it's Sammy Watkins, right? Sammy Watkins has been all over the place. Nobody knows what's going on with this guy, but he's a week one stud. I've been buying Sammy Watkins wherever I can. Because honestly, even if he is just a week one stud again, you can trade him for somebody after week one. But he's on Green Bay. Someone's got to catch the ball there, right? Like someone has to do that. And I hate using that argument, but really, like, why not Sammy Watkins? Why not LaVisca Chanel? You know what I'm saying? Like, why Why not? We could see something happen here. And I would, on, I would honestly argue Sammy Watkins might be on waivers in some of your dynasty leagues. Like, he might be free. You know, you could go pick him up and drop Tommy Trumbull or some of those tight end guys you're holding on to for no reason anymore. You know, you might drop Ian Book for Sammy Watkins. You know what I mean? Like some of those guys that you're just like, they're not, they're scrubs, they're bottom of the roster. Sammy Watkins could be in your starting lineup. To me, that is the exact kind of guy I'm looking at in OTAs, right? I'm not looking for somebody who goes from like wide receiver three to wide receiver two or like wide receiver 17 overall to wide receiver 15 overall. Like those are minuscule kind of movements in my world. But somebody who goes from zero to something, you know, Hooper is a prime example of that too, actually. Cooper might be on waivers in some leagues, right? Visca might be on waivers or free. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Some of those guys in OTAs that are getting some hype that are becoming relevant in Dynasty, those those margins are where you can make a ton of profit if you do it right. Uh, you have to be on top of it. You have to pay attention. You have to put in the energy and the effort to watch your waivers and all this. It's worth it because if something like this Watkins blows up in week one like he does every year and you trade him for a second, that's a free second. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's ridiculous. But there might be somebody out there. If he has three touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers in week one, he's the next coming of Devontae Adams. Finally, who knows, right? So Watkins is one of those guys I'm watching closer and kind of seeing how his relationship with Rodgers goes. But so far, it feels pretty positive. So with that in mind, and actually, unless anybody had anything to talk about Watkins real quick. I just want to throw you up for Watkins. Like when you have a uh, uncertain group like that, you have to think about how they're going to get on the field, right? Yep. And Watkins is a guy that's proven he can play split end, and he's one of the best run blocking wide receivers in the league. Routinely grades out in the top 10. You can't take that away from the guy. It doesn't help him in fantasy besides the fact that it puts him on the field. But there have been a number of guys that that's been their path. Like when mm-hmm. the Rams were figuring it out, Right. Like they were bringing in Brandon Cooks and Sammy Watkins and all these guys. Robert Woods was routinely one of the best run blocking wide receivers on the field. And that's how he got on the field. And then he kind of became the guy that he is. Sammy, of course, is not going to necessarily develop into this new brand new guy. But I think that he's because of his skill set, he's going to find his way out there. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that could, you know, if you. If you covered me in Velcro, he could throw a tennis ball to me with, you know what I mean? Like if I, he could throw a touch, he could throw a touchdown to a shopping cart if you just gave it a nice push, you know? So like, I think that, uh, you know, it's worth a stab for sure. And I know Kev as a Packers fan has his, uh, his opinions on, on a lot of those guys, but, uh, you know, I know, and I know. Did you just call Sammy Watkins a shopping cart, by the way? Because that is the that is the best comparison I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He could be a great shopping cart. I love it. Could anyway, be, yes, man. Kevin, yeah. what do you think about that? Are we on the right track with Watkins in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it's a completely amb- – I mean, we're talking about, you know, that's how he got on the field. That's how Alan Lazard got on the field. Like, in the eternal search for a Packers wide receiver, too, that's how Alan Lazard got on the field because he is uh, our generation's Michael Jenkins from the Falcons. He is literally yes. – he's one of the best run-blocking wide receivers. I mean, as far as metrics goes, he's fantastic. So, I mean, they're going to be in great shape in Green Bay as far as, you know, scoring, but, you know, I would expect certainly a, a flat targets distribution in Green Bay, but why, like you said, why not Sammy Watkins? Because with so much ambiguity, you're talking about Watkins, Lazard are going to be on the field. And then you've got Christian Watson, who they spent a second rounder on. He's going to get on the field. Yep. But, you know, Watkins is going to be that split end or Lazard, or they're going to be moving around the formation. But Watkins is probably going to be playing 
I would say between 70 to 80% of the routes per dropback. So, I mean, at that point, why not? Unless somebody just, unless Watson ends up just being MVS on, you know, steroids pretty much and just outclasses everybody else. I, I just can't see anybody else. I mean, even dubs, even, you know, Mari Rogers, any of these guys um, really taking the mantle from the, the real world professional wide receivers as, as Coop likes to say. As journeyman as he is, he's still a very professional wide receiver in the NFL. That's hard to do. Has has anyone heard anything about Amari, Amari Rogers? Like, what is up no. with him? What's going actually, on? That's man? the first I've heard it mentioned. I feel like in months. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Second I brought him back from the milk carton. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, I guess, with that. But before we move on, I did want to say because there's two of these guys that I was just I just had a trade. Uh, I'm pretty sure I posted it on Twitter somewhere, but this is in a, a best ball safe leagues league. And I sent Antonio Gibson, LaVisca Chenault, and K.J. Osborne. And I got back Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Sammy Watkins. Which side of those two, Kevin, would you prefer? Oh, the second side. The Jones, yeah, that side. Like, that just, I mean, Gibson, I am not in on at all. Especially, you know, he's a declining asset right now. And then you're talking about splitting that backfield three ways. Like, I want no part of that. I mean, to be able to get a guy like Aaron Jones, you know, it just, that seems like robbery well so i don't want to say it's robbery but yes i, I was looking at it like i i will I, you you don't have to i will thank you appreciate that but i had like three <laughs> or four shares of gibson and only one share of jones so i was trying to do one of those like leveling out my portfolio things and that was the main reason for this but i, I needed running back depth in that league and i think sammy watkins is a perfect flyer for best ball like that's exactly where i don't have to worry about if i start him or not like that's ideal for me but cooper what do you think were you on the same page yeah, i here? mean with what like uh with gibson man I, i'm just concerned that Man, he really would have benefited from Buffalo prying JD oh. McKissick away, man. That would have been huge for him because, like, they people say, "Oh, uh, Gibson is a wide receiver in college." JD McKissick was a better wide receiver in college, like way better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he carved out a role for himself uh, in that two-minute drill, and that's what goes on with JD McKissick is that uh, he's a better pass blocker. Antonio Gibson is one of the worst in the league. Uh, two years in a row now, maybe you can figure it out. But what happens in those two-minute drills is you don't have time to substitute guys, right? No. So when he goes in there and he's the guy in there and, and he can handle the pass blocking, he, he can handle everything, that's why he got the rushing touchdown you know, at the end of the Giants game. That's why he gets, you know, at the end of halftime, he's out there doing that. So, And then now they bring in Brian Robinson. I mean, it's just – it's kind of scary. And then you have to start wondering what happens when he – if he doesn't – get extended and he ends up just going out there and he could end up anywhere. So, um, you know, kind of a, kind of a rough situation for Gibson. I'm always a fan of playing to win now and going after the best player in the trade. And I think you got him with Aaron Jones. I appreciate that. So that I just, I figured, cause again, it brings up two of the guys we just talked about. I thought it was an interesting move. So mm-hmm. we are going to pivot to our listener questions. We've got a couple of them this week. We'll try to get through both here. Uh, I'm actually going to ask the second one on the sheet first. Cause I think it's, it's a little bit on the same page of trading. Uh, this is from Mr. Underscore Silver and Black. Obviously a Raiders fan. Thank you for that one, Mr. Silver and Black. But he says, 14 team, would you trade 110, 23 second, and Sutton for Mark Andrews? He says, team one that's trading away the multiple assets is stacked at wide receiver and running back, just needs tight end help. If not, what is a fair value? And then he asks, which I think is another pivot question, which calculator do you use? And Cooper, let's start with you, I guess, as the tight end, needing tight end help with tight end Mark Andrews in this. Are you thinking that's enough for Andrews to send him or is that enough to, to pry him out of your hands? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it really, the thing with these questions is that makes it so tough is you have to know what your your depth is. And 
honestly, this has been the biggest advice that I give to our fantasy alarm members and the people that follow me and the, you know, the people that follow us, honestly, because you're, you're plugged in and you're obviously a, uh, you know, you know what you're doing is lean into your strengths, right? So for me, like Hall, you know how I, I operate where if I can trade away a tight end, like I'll just find one. I'll invent one if I have to. You know what you're I mean? Like, diver. That's my, uh, you know, couple, <laughs> a couple st- exactly. yeah, sticks and a rubber band. And- all of a sudden you got Logan Thomas. You know what I mean? And so it's like, um, so for me, I lean into my strengths, right? The problem is in a 14 team league, if you're not plugged into, t- if you don't have another tight end or you're not plugged into tight end, you can't give up Mark Andrews, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so, so that's what I would think about that. That's the right price for Mark Andrews. So if gotcha. you're confident in your other tight end, Sutton is a great young asset. You're getting younger, right? Uh, you might have a little, a little trouble winning now if you can't replace that production. But I think that that is more than enough to give him up if you're confident in, in what's next, you know, and I know this is a Twitter question. So uh, feel free. I think I'm, I'm tagged in the thread. If you're watching yep. this, go back in there and say, Hey, here's what I got. Here's what's on waivers. And you know, I'm willing to weigh in. I'll say, hey, you know what? Trade him, add this guy, drop that guy. Boom. Bada bing. Let's do it. <laughs> I love the, the New Yorker accent that came out of it. <laughs> bada boom. Hey, forget it. Hey, forget about it. Right. Yeah. I well, know I'm a Boston thing- guy, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's northeast. But the other thing I just the other question I would have here is, is it super flex or not? Not that it matters a lot, but I think that sometimes that does change some of that 23 value, that 23 pick value. This year, I'm pretty sure 110 in both was probably the same guy or give or take uh, might have been. You might have had a Willis or something there, but that'd be the only real question I have. But and I'll use this and give it to you after this, Kevin. But I use the DLF trade finder, trade analyzer, whatever you want to call it. Like those are those are the tools that I prefer just because I feel like it matches more with where I value players. But I'm never going to say that's the one everyone should use. That's not how this works, right? If you feel like, and I agree that this is fair value, and even DLF says it's actually heavy on the Sutton side. It's more than enough for Andrews. But again, mm. this is a, a random set subset of evaluation, right? Like this does not take into account depth of team. It does not take into account exact scoring settings. It does not take into account if three of the guys in your league just never trade. That changes everything. You know what I mean? Like every single little thing matters, and there is no trade calculator that puts all that in. You just can't. It's impossible. Right. How many so, how many wide receivers you start, right? Like how many flexes oh, yeah. you have? Because once you have a great one like, too. Yeah. Like if you have three wide receivers and you start two flexes, now Cortland Sutton is a guy that's in your lineup every single week, almost no matter what. You know, well, so and then a current depth too. If you're a team that ha- if it start eleven in a fourteen team league, I mean you're looking at starting some really deep guys in that league, right? And at that point, you have to have enough players behind Mark Andrews to make that worth splitting him up into three assets. So I, I just wanted to put that in there and say I prefer DLF, but there is no one right answer. And I think that's what I love about this is that you can use it as a reference point and just be like, yeah, seems close enough, right? But I don't like when people say, oh, well, the trade calculator here says I should do it. You know, the DTC says you have to take this trade. Like, that's not actually true. And even then, there are times when I put in a trade into a trade calculator and I'm like, yeah, I still don't feel right because of these other three things that, you know what I mean? Like every little league setting matters. So it just, I don't know, it kind of blows my mind, but there is no right or wrong answer. I prefer the DLF, but Kevin, do you have a favorite trade calculator that you tend to lean on? And then what do you think of this trade? Yeah, I usually, I mean, if I'm going to use one, I'll use the DLF one. It's just, I use, I, you know, it's, it's hard for people that maybe aren't, you know, so plugged in to be able to put a trade together and kind of get a gauge on value and all like that. So at least for me, and this is my own, you know, personal usage, I'll try to kind of evaluate the trade and then see how far off I am or if I'm yes, kind of use that to kind of confirm my 
you know, original thinking. So that's that's how I'll use those trade. I won't use them and then be like, oh, I'm sorry. I need something that's like 80 points to make this, like this <laughs> right, trade. Right. Yeah. Like what are your I mean, I won't take anything less than 75. Um, but yeah, so, um, as far as the actual trade goes, I mean, I mean, is it tight end premium? Um, that's another thing too. I, I didn't see that on there. It's 14 teams. So you're looking at something pretty deep. I think I would still hold on to Mark Andrews and I, I mean, I'm uh, unabashed. I love Cortland Sutton. Um, I think, you know, I, I just traded for him, uh, with Britt Flynn actually in my oh, home dynasty lead. Yeah. I just brought, brought her in. I kind of, um, fleeced her a little bit. I traded Jarvis Landry and th- DJ Chark for Cortland Sutton, but, um, this was pre free agency. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I'm all about being top heavy and just having the, the starts and st- or, you know, the studs and duds, um, on my, uh, nine flex, uh, <laughs> dynasty league which that's that's my preferred format where it's yeah. positionless but um yeah so, and i try and it's funny because i have kyle pitts as well and i traded mark andrews and i have the trade i traded mark andrews kyler murray jacoby myers in a 2023 second for josh allen elijah moore tyler lockett and a 2022 first that ended up being chris alave Ooh, that's a haul so, right there i don't mind yeah that. Yeah, I mean, I've been going, you know, Mark Andrews was a guy that I'm, I was kind of looking to trade a little bit, um, you know, because I have Kyle Pitts and I feel like I wanted to shore up, um, you know, my quarterback. And I already have, I have Joe Burrow as my second quarterback, not to, not to throw this completely on my trade or anything, but just as because it involves Andrews. But it's right. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> just because. Um, you know, I just don't know if that's enough for me to, you know, I, I think I would want to add a little more if I'm trying to get Mark Andrews, but if I'm on the Andrews side, I think I'd be wanting a little more to be able to give up a, a top asset, especially if it's tied up premium. Well, and I'll use this to kind of pivot into the thought here. If I'm, if I'm rebuilding, I like splitting up my assets to give me more chance at upside. If I'm contending, yep. I like consolidating it and putting the definite floors in my lineup wherever I can. Right. So that's kind of the, the biggest twist to me is if you're contending, I think it's an easy Mark Andrews. But if you're rebuilding, I could see that being worth it. And I think also, too, it matters who's if 110 is on the clock, who's available. That could change this, too. Right. Because <clears throat> we're actually going to use that in a way to pivot to the next question. Stephen Molina at Bruce Wayne 0305, who's asked questions before. He mentions, too, like, what rookie do I take at 105 if there are Burks, Williams, Alave or Wilson? Now, again, at 105, every draft is different. But if he's saying he's at 105 and these four players are available, Burks, Williams, Olave, and Wilson, which one do you take out of that coup? Which one's your, your clear-cut 105 if those are on the, Did, on the This might be a controversial opinion, but I said this well before the draft that I said um, Jamison Williams was the best wide receiver mm. in college. And if a team is confident enough to draft him, that I will be confident enough to draft him. And then a team traded up in the first round to get him. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, like most of my leagues, like I've, I've already built them to like, when I do the startup draft, I'm playing to win. Kev knows this. Like I started our last one with three running backs that he might McCaffrey, Barkley and Zeke Elliott. Yeah. 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 Like that's a bing bang. Boom. So yeah. Yeah. Spicy boy. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that, that's the thing though, is that like, so I, I draft that way a lot of times. So I have like, I'm not expecting my rookies to go in my starting lineup. You know what I mean? So I'm just taking the guy that I think is the best 
overall and best long term. I mean, and I think honestly, people really should be leaning more into redraft rankings and playing that way. I mean, we live in a world of of monkeypox and and uh, you know the crypto winter is coming. So just you got to play to win now. You never know. You never know when your Not league might that shut. On my bingo card. That's you, may, you never know when your league might shut down. So uh, just play to win, man. Get your name on the trophy. Uh, you know that's the thing is like you start a dynasty league and you use your name on that trophy right away. It's not like five years from now people are going to be like, oh man, like you should have did a productive struggle. It's like, dude, you already won, you're already a champion. Yeah. So. Or you picked the wrong guy. Yeah, it doesn't happen. So for you, it's Williams. I like. <laughs> I like. That. What about I you, like Cam? William Smith. Yeah. The only one, I, just to add to that, the only one that I think is I have in a separate tier is Alave. I I don't quite have him in that group. I have I have I would be happy with any of Williams, Burks, or Wilson, but I take Williams. Gotcha. And what about you, Kevin? Same kind of thing. Or are you on a different train here? No, I'm pretty much, you know, I, I would put Burks a little bit over Jameson Williams, but I think they're so, they're very, you're splitting hairs when it t- comes to those two, as far as dynasty value. And I, but I do agree as far as Olave, I have him more in the, um, that kind of sky more Christian Watson kind of tier of wide receivers. Yeah. Yep. yeah so, um, but yeah, I think you're splitting hairs. I mean, we, we, we want to anoint the next Devo Samuel, of course. And, you know, if you're into, you know, a whole narrative building, I mean, Traylon Brooks is your guy, but yeah, Jamison Williams, once he gets, you know, gets on the field and like I said, or like Hoop said, the, uh, lines did trade up for him. So, I mean, essentially you're splitting hairs, but, uh, yeah, but I have you're Brooks wrong. just slightly ahead. I mean, I just, yeah. Uh, sorry, give my nod to Britt Flynn. I was going to uh, say, if one of us didn't say Burks, Britt Flynn would have murdered both of us. So Kev's, just, Kev's got our back with that pick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to establish our long-term safety here. That's good. That's good. Well, so it, when I first saw this, my first thought was Burks. I think that, I mean, it's just where I have, I think I have Burks ahead. Burks is up there with London for me. But then as I got to thinking about it, I'm like, man, I could see the case for Wilson. I do, I do think he's a very talented player. And I think at 105, if these guys are there, you, you can't go wrong, right? You're getting, I think you're getting a really good deal no matter which pick you make. Uh, Steven did mention too, he goes, please do not come back with Wilson. I just can't pull the trigger on a jet. And I love that additional piece of knowledge. I didn't want to put it on the sheet to skew you guys, but I thought that was very funny where he's like, just, okay, but seriously, don't tell me to pick a jet. We've all been there, right? Like just, I don't, I don't want to pick a sealer, you know, like I'm sure you don't want to pick a, a Vikings player, Kevin. And you know, Coop, you probably don't want to pick a, I don't Miami like jets. I don't like Buffalo jets either. Or, yeah, exactly. So, I just thought that was an interesting little sub subtweet in a sense, but I think Burks and Williams are both great options. And I agree with you guys both that Alave is kind of behind those three pretty easily for me. Yeah. I'll just, um, can I add, can I add something just on sure. Wilson that, that scares me is that the way they're building this team where they went out and got two tight ends, right? They go and get Nick bought in the, um, the fullback and they already have Trevin Wesco. Right. And you know, that, um, the coach comes over from the 49ers where they use tight ends and fullbacks. Like when you're sitting there with Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios, when you put a second tight end on the field, now it's a two wide receiver set. When you put a fullback on the field, now it's a one wide receiver set. I'm a little concerned that that these guys are just there's gonna it's not gonna be like the Rams where every wide receiver plays 95% of the snaps. Like it could be a little spread out, it could be a little rough over there. So that that's my one of my concerns with the scheme for for Wilson yeah. and, and why I'm kind of shying away. Yeah, I would actually lean that actually toward more toward that's gonna likely take Elijah Moore off the field because we I mean look at look at his bot you know his frame. I mean, they were moving him in and out last year. I mean, yeah, he had a fantastic, you know, middle to end of the season, but 
I mean, you've got draft capital there with Garrett Wilson. Now you've paid Corey Davis. Corey Davis isn't coming off the field, um, right. you know, just based on the fact he's going to be the split end. So Elijah Moore might be getting C.D. Lamb off the field. Uh, right. You know, right. look what happened to Rashad Bateman when the Ravens were using Patrick Ricard on like sixty percent of snaps and all that. You know what I mean? It's like it can really funnel the targets to whoever's at the top. You know, which could end up being a good thing for Garrett Wilson. But you got to be that top dog. Yeah, you've got to hope that the Jets are going to be playing a lot of 11 personnel, which I don't see happening a lot. I don't know. Well, and why would, why know would they pay Conklin? Gonna be, right? that's all, you're, you're making a good point there, too. Kev. We don't know if it's going to be Wilson or Moore yet. I mean, that, that speculation, that unknown is is scary enough for a 105. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot that you're or, putting or, on. Or Corey Davis. It, well, I mean, as ironic as it is, Corey Davis could be the guy. Another great, great target in Dynasty if you're looking for some production. So. Appreciate that. That was good. I think you, thank you for your questions, guys. That was great. And I think we got some good answers. We are going to move into find me a trade and kind of get this one wrapped up. So I'm going to start to bring this up. But in the meantime, this is sent in by P win P win dynasty. Uh, he's on Twitter. Uh, Paul, he's, he's followed us for a while. I know he's been in a bunch of different group chats, uh, big fan of the show. So we've got a 12 team, one QB with 25 active roster slots, uh, two taxis. It's start 10, one QB. Like I said, two running backs, three receivers, uh, tight end and three flex QB is uh, actually five points for touchdown. I think for QB uh, and then there's negative two for interception. I think that might, the scoring might've been wrong in here and it's not tight end premium. I know that was something that Rocky wanted to get into there too. Um, I've got his, I'm going to pull his, uh, his team up for a second here. Uh, he, I'll go, go through real quick what he said on his team. It's middle of the road. He snuck in the playoffs last year unexpectedly. He's got four 23 firsts and he thinks he arrives next season. So he thinks his team is kind of a year out. Normally don't have a problem finding trades, but part of me feels like this is a stand pat team for now until the 2022 rookies flash so we can sell them for more 23s or elite assets. Uh, might also consider buying a cheap running back and trying to make a run. This league is in its fifth year, but with full of experienced redraft players who are just not dynasty addicts, so trading is a bit hard. We hear this a lot, right? If you're a junkie, that doesn't mean everyone else in your league is. So if you're listening to this, those things matter, right? That is a huge piece of information because knowing how active your league is makes a big difference for me, at least when I'm trying to build a trade and like, do I have to overpay? Do I have to, you know, what can I sneak one past the goalie on this? Things like that. So if your league isn't that active or don't make a lot of trades, you might have to overpay and that's okay. Go get your guy, right? So we're going to run through his team real quick and then I'll let you guys get into some of the trades we were thinking up. Uh, Starters, he's got Russell Wilson, Brees Hall, AJ Dillon, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Ayuk, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kyle Pitts, great stud tight end there. Then he's got Chris Alave, who we mentioned, Amari Cooper, and Garrett Wilson, who we mentioned. Bench, he's got Aaron Rodgers as QB, uh, as backup QB, I should say, Rex Burkhead, Mike Davis, Boston Scott, uh, Dearness Johnson, Damian Pierce, Kevin Harris, all at running back. Not a bad running back room, but nobody really stands out. Again, you've only got really two starting in there. <clears throat> Receivers, he's got Marvin Jones, Odo Beckham Jr., Jr., Will Fuller, Jalen Rager, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Tight end, he's got Ricky Seals-Jones and Albert O. I'm not even going to try it today. I don't feel like it. Just deal with it. You all know who I'm talking about. Uh, Taxi, he's got Jeremy Ruckert and Brian Robinson. So, again, some nice rookies. He got a lot of 22 rookies. And I I kind of agree with the assessment that this is a middle-of-the-road team based on the other teams in the league. Um, But, again, I think with 23 first, you've got that flexibility to say, well, do I want to go for it? Do I want to put my name on that title? Because you've got some ability to be flexible with that. You know, that's cash in the bank that you can move into a player and get production. So, Kevin, why don't we start with your trade and then we'll kind of go into mine and, and see if we can get one from Cooper on this, too. So what do you think, Kevin? Where do you have to start with here? 
Yeah. So, I mean, looking at this roster, I mean, he's clearly, I mean, going through it. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or no. Yeah. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. So those are those quarterbacks. Definitely solid there. Brees Hall's got you set up for um, next couple of years. If you're, uh, you're playing the bowl case, Brees Hall's going to be that, you know, workhorse for the Jets and kind of shut out Michael Carter. Um, just looking at the roster, I mean, stay, he wants it was wanting to stand pat. Um, you know, there's going to be wide receivers out there in 2023, but you know, I'm looking at some of the windows for the guys that he has. And I like, like Juju Smith Schuster, who's going to be on that one year deal in Kansas city, Brandon Ayuk, who, you know, depending on what happens with Trey Lance, I mean, he, he could be someone that could decline as far as an a- asset. Um, Odell Beckham certainly, and he's got, got these pieces. So I, uh, Kyle Pitts, I would try to make a little bit of a run now, maybe get a, a, an elite wide receiver. And I've got him to trading. Um, you know, there's, there's Albert O that's kind of sitting there cause he has pits. There's, he's got Christian Watson. I would try to float one of them plus one of those 2023 firsts for Devontae Adams to get a stud wide receiver in there and to be able to, you know, at least have some of that kind of firepower to be able to sustain your roster. He's going to be in your lineup, obviously every single week. Um, we're talking about the neighbor narrative with Derek Carr. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're all about the narrative. So, um, right. you know, I can't see Devonte Adams really falling that much off of, um, his paces from green Bay, but you know, that certainly is in the range of outcomes. Uh, but yeah, I would try to get that elite wide receiver, you know, Devonte Adams. I looked at some of the other teams. There's one team that just has an embarrassment of riches. And I think, um, you know, he, that he's going to get talked about in this trade scenario. But um, as far as wide receivers, I think it was like Stefan yeah. Diggs and T Higgins. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't know if I'm like that team trying to reach out to make a trade with him. I don't know if I'd be trading anybody because I think I'm set and, and yep. don't need to make a deal. So um, that would be where I would kind of lean as far as making a, a splash with an elite wide receiver. And then you still have numerous 2023 20, first to have that flexibility to do whatever you want after. Yeah, and I, I like this one a lot, actually. I'm not sure it gets done as is, but as I say all the time, like it's just a good starting point, right? That, that's all we're trying to do here is we're just trying to give you some options to maybe give you a, a, a bones of a trade, right? And again, I think I had tight end premium down on the on the show sheet. It's not tight end premium, which does change it a little bit. Mm. But I do think Alberto still has some value. And, and I think that his tight ends right now, he's got Logan Thomas, Taysom Hill, Dan Arnold, and Jelani Woods. So he is still looking for one of those stud tight end kind of players. So again, I think Alberto, even in this league, I think has some value. Uh, Logan Thomas might be the real deal. We're not sure yet and things like that. Also, one last thing about this that I thought was interesting is Devontae Adams is marked as on the trade block, right? So this guy is clearly shopping Adams. That could be good. That could be bad, right? It could be saying, hey, Adams is on the block. I'm looking to get great value for him, but it could be I'm sick of this. I don't know what I'm going to get, and maybe it's time to move on. So I like I like that trade a lot. I thought it was pretty good. What do you think of that one, Coop? And then we can kind of hit into yours if you want to go quick faster. Yeah, I like that move, especially because like when you have – I think in tight end, if it's since it's not tight end premium, it makes the right. trade more viable for our guy, right? Because right. if it's tight end premium, then you're thinking maybe you will use Alberto with the flex down the road if it comes to it. But since it's not tight end premium, like it's Kyle Pitts and that's it. Like you just set it and forget it and then figure out a bye week if you need to. But um, so I, I, I do like that trade. I would actually like that trade less if it was. Um, you know, if it was a tight end, yeah. Um, I mean, like, so for what I would do with this team is I actually like his suggestion, which is go after the running back and compete now. And I think that, I mean, I, I just made a trade for a guy, Miles Sanders, in one of my leagues. I traded like, I think it was like an early second um, because, I, you know, I needed a guy that can 
play right now that I believe in. You know, he's got averaged 5.2 yards per carry over his career, 5.5 yards per carry last year, and he's on the last year of his deal. So if you're worried about Jalen Hurts, he could potentially if he if he does really well this year, he's going to get paid, and then you have a good running back. And if he doesn't do that well, then he can potentially escape this situation, which is not ideal for him, right? So I would be either taking one of those late first, the latest of your first or a second, and going after someone who shores up your running back group and gives you a chance to compete now. And I'd be going after guys that still have, uh, you know, I wouldn't be going after like the Derrick Henry's or Zeke's or anybody like that because, you know, your timeline is still a little bit longer. But I, I'd be going after guys like we talked about Antonio Gibson. That is the kind of guy that is affordable enough and he can potentially go right into your lineup over A.J. Dillon or, or potentially over Brees Hall if Brees Hall doesn't start out high. Yeah. And, and you know, the there's still upside for him because we know he's talented and he could go to a better system and could go to a different situation. Guys like that, or if you want to spend up a little higher, you know, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, like the there's nicks to these guys and there's kind of warts on a lot of these guys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is another one where, you know, I think that he can be a good player. Right. And it's like he's still very young. He's still on, you know, one of the better teams. Like these guys uh, went from being guys that you would, you know, at certain points, all of them, you would pay the first or second pick in the draft. And now you can get them for like a late first or an early second. And they still have that upside, you know. So that that's the group it. I would target as running back. Right. Gibson, CEH, Miles Sanders, uh, you know, and I know David Montgomery. Uh, right. Like some Dave, of those guys, like one or two year guys. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, the, the shine has come off them a little bit, but in reality, like if David Montgomery was in this draft, I take him one Oh one Oh one, right? Like, like right. where would he go? If he was actually like, you got to put yourself in that mindset of like, let's say you were doing your rookie draft and this dude was just in the pool, right? Rashad Bateman's in the pool. I'm taking him at one one You know what I mean? It's just like if Devonte Adams is in the player pool. Where do you, where does he go? You know what I mean? It's like one, negative one Oh one. I don't you know, take like, him one Oh one. You know what I mean? It's yeah. So it's like, it makes you real when you put, put yourself in that mindset, it makes you realize how overvalued these rookie picks are. And th- it makes it a lot easier for you to take them and turn them into real assets, you know, because oh, I love it. Yeah, half, even, even the first round picks, half of them are go- are not going to be wide receiver twos even, you know? Yep. No, I totally feel that. And I know, Coop, I know you got to go. We're going to cut you off here. But Kevin and I will finish it in your honor. But really appreciate you making some time for us today, sir. We'll see you around them Twitter streets. But I do want to get in. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say thanks a lot for having me on, dude. Check us out on Fantasy Alarm. uh, You know, and we're hoping to have you back on soon, Hall. So make sure your schedule is clear. Come on our show. All right, buddy. I'm ready. Let's do it. Thanks, Talk to you guys. Yep. Bye. So I wanted to say this, though, I wanted to pivot into into the second the uh, the trade that I came up with, but also like in general, looking at that same team, which one of the reasons I picked this trade or picked this team for find me a trade partially because P win, you know, I'm friends with him. We're in a couple leagues together. He's a fan of the show. But the biggest one is there is a team that I can trade with. It's day man. Ah, like that's just terrific. (laughs) That's a great team name. And that's exactly who Coop was talking about, who has, you know, he's. He's stacked. I mean, this guy is honestly like that's the team to beat in this league, in my mind. He's got yep. Burrow and Allen in a one QB league. Like, what are we doing? He's got Taylor Swift, Jim or Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, uh, and Sanders, who is his like fifth running back. Like, you could get the you could probably get Sanders dirt cheap. And then at receiver, he's got Diggs, Metcalf, Higgins, Godwin, Kirk, and then it falls off a shelf there. But still, like those are solid starters. Tight end, he's got Kittle. Like this guy has this is the team to beat, right? So I'm looking at that and thinking the trade I had was for Dayman as well. 
and it would be to send either Aaron well, Aaron Rodgers and either Amari Cooper or Garrett Wilson and Dayman's 23 first. All right. So it's Rodgers. Let's say it's Rodgers, Wilson, and 23 first for Burrow and Higgins. And try to get that stack back. So if I'm looking at this as, as a well, – let's clarify a little further. Dayman, who, again, I think is the best team in the league, does not have a 23 first, and his own 23 first is one of the four that P1 has. So my thought is on the start of this – he doesn't need Burrow as a backup quarterback. And I think if I'm, if I'm Damian, I'm fine moving Burrow in a one QB league. There isn't a whole lot of value to them. It's a bench quarterback, but I think Burrow is obviously an upgrade over Wilson for, for P win here. Right. And then you've Sorry. got a 23 first and Wilson for T Higgins. I think there are people that would do that. I think that that kind of a trade makes sense depending on what's going on. And I think this guy is stacked as he is might be like, well, I can turn this into a dynasty. Let me get younger a couple years from, from Higgins to Wilson and adding a 23 first to kind of get that back so I can get something. So that was kind of where my head went. And I don't know if this trade gets done as it is right here either, but I love the bones of this and saying, you know, maybe even if he's higher on Amari Cooper than Garrett Wilson, have that guy. I don't care, you know, but I'm, I'm not afraid to get the stack, especially in one QB. I love having stacks in dynasty if I can get it. So what are your thoughts there? Kevin? Yeah. I mean the kind of revolving, you know, rebuild where you're just yeah. kind of doing it on the fly. Like that's, that's the kind of the way I operate too, because you can't just get tied to, to a couple assets and expect to have them for a decade. Like that's just not how it works. Information changes so quickly in dynasty. Um, you know, things happen every year. I mean, look, <laughs> what do we expect? Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, AJ Brown, all these guys to get traded, you know, in this offseason? No. And so, so we have questions on all three of these guys as far as, you know, their their outlook, you know, based, you know, just compared to last year. So, I mean, so much can change. I just don't know if I mean, I, trust me, I'm you know me. I love me some T Higgins. I love me some Joe. Burrow. Oh, yeah. I, I I can't talk. I mean, look behind me. I've got a T yep. Higgins jersey behind me. So um, and the, by the way, the only one of these guys that didn't change teams. Um, so there is that. Don't, don't hurt me with that. Like, you got a good point there. <laughs> yeah. So we're still, we're still in the, yeah, we're still on that boat. I don't think that's going to happen anytime. So who knows? But, um, yeah, as far as, you know, sending Rogers, sending Cooper, Wilson, probably Wilson and getting that first, if I, I'm trying to think of this in, in terms of him, is, is that something that with my roster makeup that I would entertain? I mean, yeah, it's one quarterback. So Burrow is probably pretty expendable because you can get by, you know, on a bye week with Carson Wentz or obviously Aaron Rodgers if you end up doing yeah. that trade. But I mean, I just do not know if, you know, because I would be looking if I'm going to trade anybody, if I were him, I would try to come back and see what I could do with Metcalf. He has him on the trade yeah. block. Um, yeah. I would be trying to keep, because uh, because Higgins is is probably his I, I mean I think he's younger than Metcalf um just, depends I on mean, how you split hairs he, yeah third or fourth or second third or fourth depending on how you have it ranked with Godwin too right there are people that have Godwin really high and Higgins really low but either way they're they're definitely a starter with Higgins right exactly so yeah if I, I'm trying to prioritize like these wide receivers I mean I know Diggs is 28 I believe going on 29 Metcalf obviously his quarterback situation kind of dampens his outlook a little bit but I think Higgins would be the one I would try to keep the the tightest grip on so yep. uh from his perspective I'm not quite sure if I would want to part with Higgins but it, I mean on our side if we're making a look looking to make that trade to get a stack a hundred percent. Yeah. Burrow to Higgins and you're good for a while with that, with the rest of the team, um, as constructed. I mean, you can't go wrong with an ascending offense. That's going to be, I would certainly hope keep those pieces together for a long time. 
Yeah, and I think this is one of those that I think the bones of it kind of helps elaborate on where our thought processes are and, and more than the actual trade, right? The actual trade doesn't matter as much as where we're going, where our logic is with this. And I think right. I'm, I'm right there with you, actually, thinking about it more. I mean, you're right. He does have Metcalf on the block. I was specifically going for the stack because I am a Bengals fan, and that's kind of where my head goes anyway. But I was also looking at it like Burrow is an upgrade to you. as Even in one QB, I like having a top five QB, and I think Burrow's yeah. one of those guys. And he's on this guy's bench because he can't start him except for a bye week. And you're not going to start him over Allen. It's just not going to happen. So I was looking at it like, well, that makes Burrow somewhat expendable today, man. Right. And kind of trading for a different running back or a different uh, backup quarterback. But I mean, again, if, if you want to pivot and say, get Burrow and Metcalf, right. I'm fine with that. And don't yeah. go for the stack. I'm fine with that. If you just swap that single side out, because even like DLF has Higgins ahead of Metcalf, he's a year younger, right. But it's what's funny to me is that valuation-wise, Higgins is 665 in a 12-team 1QB, and Metcalf is 641. So they're 20 points difference or whatever, right? But the ironic part is the ADP has Higgins higher, but the rank has Metcalf higher. So that's something else to keep in mind, too. Like, ADP and ranks are different, right? Rankings at DLF are put together by people that are smarter than me sometimes. And I'll be honest, like, everybody has their own way of ranking players. But these guys have Metcalf ranked ahead of Higgins, but Higgins is being drafted ADP ahead of Metcalf. That's not very common. You don't see that where you can kind of get the better receiver at a discount. Now, better is obviously subjective and very much not real. Um, but yeah. I'm saying, like, that's not a bad pivot. If, if the guy box at the hit, is like, no way am I giving that up. That's not, okay, well, what about Metcalf? That's a fine pivot to be like, what do you think about this? And you might end up getting a better guy if you think it's a better guy. And they might feel like, well, I'm giving up Metcalf, who I don't think is a better guy. Yeah, let's do that. You know, it gives him a 23 first to kind of play with his money throughout the season, too. So, yeah, that was kind of where I think that's where our thought processes were. I know Rocky submitted one. I'm not going to go through it, Rocky. I know you're going to edit this, but it's just it's such an essay and I love it. But also his trade was based partially on me saying it was tight end premium, which it's not. And that doesn't make it fair. But I have to say it was basically sending Brees and Albert O for Hawk and Deontay, which is the most Rocky trade I've ever heard in my entire life. Like Hawk and Deontay are his two guys. And I just thought that was that was brilliant. But I just. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that gets done. And at the same time, not being tight end premium kind of skews that a little bit. So that was my bad for giving him bad information. So I just had to put <laughs> that in there that he was definitely going for Rockies guys. Um, but with that said, we are going to wrap it up. I know this is a shorter episode than we're used to, but we got to get some of these quick guys too. I know not everybody likes the two hour long diatribes, but with Cooper already having to hit the road, what do you think, Kevin? How do you want to wrap this up? What are your thoughts? Where are you at these days and where can people find you? Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, anytime, you know, you want to have me on, I'm happy to gab and, you know, just chat up football. That's what we love to do and what we're all about. Um, you can find me on Twitter at KTompkinsII. Um, of course, doing work for Fantasy Alarm, uh, as well as Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life newsletter, which we'll be ramping up oh, to right. five days uh, coming up very soon here. Uh, great group of people, um, you know. Can't, can't say enough great things about uh, the entire crew there. And of course, Lightning Round, um, our podcast with uh, Andrew Cooper, who just left myself and Britt Flynn, um, also powered by Fantasy Alarm. So um, we just had Jen Piacenti on last night. We'll have Pat, Pat Fitzmorris uh, next week to do some quarterback uh, positional previews. So uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but uh, if you want to talk Gabriel Davis and why I think that he is uh, fine at his current ADP, uh, just uh, hit me in the DMs on Twitter or just at me. I love it. I love it. I know there's a lot of a lot of ways to get people riled up. And Gabriel Davis, those two words can no matter which way you want to go, can get people talking really, really well. So I love that you're oh, yeah. out there. You're not afraid. You're not afraid. You're going on. You're talking about it. 
Um, oh, I also it's, think it's, it's really, it's really oh, good, like Moody and some of these other players. Like it's really great just to get other opinions, whether you're pro or con really doesn't matter. But I do want to say, like we said at the start, just back your opinion up, please. Like just come to the argument with more than I just think he's a, he's a better player. I have a hard time with that too, because sometimes I, I literally will say in arguments like, I don't know, my gut just likes Moody. I just, I just, I don't have anything to back it up, but say that. I don't mind that. Just be like, I don't have anything. I'm not here to do research. I just, that's where my gut feels. And sometimes those are the best kind of plays too, where it's just like, I don't know, I got a, I got a gut feeling. That's okay too. Just admit, just admit that there's no data behind it. That's all I'm saying. Um, but anyway, exactly. to wrap this up for the rest of us, appreciate you coming on, of course, Kevin. Uh, you can find Andrew Cooper at Coop A Fiasco. I want to make sure we put that out there too. Uh, Lightning Round podcast, you mentioned, obviously, great podcast. Love what you and Britt, obviously, Britt is great at that too. Got to get her on one of these days. But um, make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter, all of us here. I'm again, I'm at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, follow the podcast at Dynasty Junkies. I'm not going to give the handles for the other guys. You know who they are, and they're not on. They don't get the promo. But make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on, on YouTube, on the DAP Network. Uh, leave us a review, like I said before. Make sure you tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. Uh, if you have a trade that you want to have us try to find a trade in your league, submit that at Find Me a Trade. It's on our link tree. I'll make sure to, to pin that again to the profile or retweet that out too, because we got to get more of those in. We got a lot, but we love hearing new flesh, new meat, and kind of getting the, the idea of what's the new trade. So make sure you submit that. And then again, we'll be talking about the Dynasty Junkies 2 draft in the coming weeks. Uh, we got a good group of, of owners and managers on there. It's a 14 team league. I'm going to be co managing with Bobby Koch. He'll be tell, telling, talking me out of all the bad trades I want to make. It'll be hilarious. I can't wait to have that. Uh, be some fun content for this season. But with that, with our, for our ghosts, and with, for our ghosts, for our guests, with everyone that's been paying attention and listening along, really appreciate you coming out, everybody. And with that, junkies out. <laughs>